What's up, what's up, what's up, my beautiful Hey Queen Thrive family? Hope all is well. It is your host, Leah M. Forney. Man, listen, I am just sitting here on this beautiful Saturday, uh, and I am plugging away at some things that I need to get done for my business, gearing up for 2022, gearing up for season two of Hey Queen Thrive. Yes, your girl is coming back season two, and I'm excited for even more amazing guests, even more amazing and thought-provoking conversations. Um, And then I'm working on the viewer's choice top 20. Because listen, I said the way I wanted to end season one of Hey Queen Thrive coming in December is I want to do a viewer's choice top 20, right? So stay plugged in, y'all, because I will be dropping the links in the show notes. I will be dropping the link on my social media pages. So make sure you're following me on all my social media platforms as Leah M. Forney. Um, definitely it will be on my website. There will be a link to a survey because I want to hear from each and every one of my listeners. Who were your favorites? Cause I know who my favorites were this season, but I want to hear from you guys. Cause you guys have made this show absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I could not have asked for a better group of listeners, right? You guys show up every week, every week to see who I'm featuring next and what we're going to talk about next. And I just love you guys. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, I love you guys. It is the reason why I keep doing it, um, even with everything that else is going on. And so, yeah, definitely stay tuned because the viewer's choice is coming. And I'm excited to see who you guys say is your top your top 20 favorites. Like I'm want to know. I'm curious to know like who was your favorite guest? Who were your fa- what were your favorite topics? What was your favorite thriver nuggets? Like yeah, I want to know. I really do. I want to know because that's going to help me even the more as I am planning season 2. But listen, uh, so much is happening. So much is happening as we are getting ready to wrap up the year. I got so much happening. I will not complain though. Um Master classes coming. What else I got coming up? I'm dropping another five week training. Like it's a lot happening, but I'm excited. I'm always excited to teach y'all. I'm always excited to like educate in case you guys have not paid attention and noticed. Like I'm so excited to do those things. Um, so yeah, definitely stay tuned again. Follow me on social media because that's where all that information, all that insight is going to be. But look, enough about me. I want to talk about this week's guest. It is the lovely Miss Wendy Savage. She is the author of What is in Your Purse, which is a self-help book, a guide to women's wellness, helping us to unpack some stuff. And I am so excited to talk with her because ladies, you already know we carry a whole lot of baggage, a whole lot of baggage. And so some of us are going to listen to this episode and feel like it's time to unpack what is in your purse. So definitely tune in, get these nuggets, get all that she's going to drop. And of course you will already know I'm coming back with what? Thriver Nuggets. So stay tuned. What's up? What's up? My beautiful Hey Queen Thrive family. Listen, I'm so excited about this guest that I have tonight. It is the lovely Wendy Savage. How are you doing today, beautiful? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I cannot complain. So tell the people a little bit about yourself. Okay. I'm an author. I'm a poet, a mental health advocate, Nice. Um, certified life coach, and most of all, a woman of God. I love it. I love it, especially the mental health piece. I don't know if you knew, but I'm a mental health clinician. I've been in the field 
<laughs> nine years now. Jeez. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I love anybody that is an advocate of mental health because here in the U.S., we have a mental health crisis. And I think the pandemic has definitely shown us just how real mental health is. Really, really, really. (laughs) I love all of that. So I have a question that I ask all my experts, and that is, in your opinion, what does it mean to be a queen that is thriving? It means to be an inspiration to other queens Mm. that that are looking to, to rise and thrive. I love that. I love that. I love that. I think that is so true because I think that many times we don't realize that people are watching us. Right. Mm-hmm. There's somebody standing back, looking at us, looking at what we're doing and they're getting inspired by it. And it's the and they're getting the permission to do the same thing or to go after their dreams. So I love, love that. So let's dive into this journey to becoming an author, because I know you didn't wake up one day and just say, I'm going to write this book. So take us. <laughs> How did you know that you wanted to be an author? Well, it started off kind of early. I had two little bit of poetry books, right? Mm-hmm. And the first time I wrote a poem in church, well, I, I was doing my book since I was a little girl. But as an adult, there's no wink. You need to get published. I thought about it. I thought about it. I thought about it. My brother came around and said, When? You need to get published. That was like confirmation for me. Yeah. So I published my first two poetry books. The third book is a women's wellness guide. And that was it. I wouldn't tell my testimony. I kind of held back in my spirit for hearing the word go. Mm. Go. And I asked God, well, what does go mean? Go and tell them what I've done for you. That inspired the third book. Wow. I love that. Go and tell them what I've done. Listen, I tell people all the time, God, I think it was Pastor Sean Brady that said it. God is the God of no details. Like he don't be, he ain't giving you too many details. He's saying some stuff like go, jump, walk. <laughs> and you know, our human flesh, I know for me, I'm like, go where? Which way? Yes. <laughs> is we going north, south, east? Like, you know, I tell people, I always think about Abraham when God told him, go and I will show you the land. I would have been like, go where? Which direction? <laughs> how would you like me to like? Because we're detail oriented people. Like, how would you like me to get there? Who am I taking? And God is just like, just go. I didn't ask, like you asking too many questions. Just <laughs> so, I love that's what he told you. So when you got on this journey. Did you ever have a moment of fear and doubt? Because I know for me, starting off as an I was like, you want me to do what? You want me to write what? So yes. ever it's had good. that? Like, what was that like for you? The first poetry book was doing like uh, a recession time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, who's going to buy a book in the middle of recession? Yeah. So one of the church said, Wendy, you publish and I'll pray. And that's what I did. I love it. I love that. You publish it. <laughs> you need a tribe when you're going to become an author or an entrepreneur. You need a tribe that's like, listen, I'm a pray. <laughs> you do the work. Yeah. I love that. You publish, I'll pray. Listen, I'm going ha- to hold on to that for myself because yeah. you need that. You need somebody that is going to have the faith enough when you don't have the faith to be like, listen, God, I know God called you to do this. So now I'm a pray. And you do your part. So I, I love, love, love that. So 
how now that you're an author and i before we dive into the latest book how has that journey transformed you do you find that you are different now that you have became an author or grown in any way i'm about the same I don't think I've, I've grown throughout, I've grown in my personal life. Being an author really just gives me a platform of other things. Yeah. 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 Because I, I always tell people, like, it take for me, it's the transformation that the writing does. Like, we write for other people, right? We share our stories to help other people heal and know that they can make it through stuff. But for us, there's like a peace that comes or a release. Yes. Yeah. Or release that comes that makes it like, oh, wow, I really did do this book. And then it's always funny. I know for me and maybe you can attest like people have read my work and I'm like, I read I wrote that. Me too. (laughs) I don't always remember the stuff that I write, you know, or I'll reread my own work and be like, oh, that was good. that yeah, really good. Yeah, like, that just blessed me. Like, Jesus. yeah. Okay. True enough. True enough. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about this book because the title okay. alone was so captivating. What's in your purse? Tell us the inspiration mm-hmm. behind that. It's inspiration. God told me to go and tell them what He's done for me. My story I kept behind. Mm-hmm. What's in your purse is like. It's my it's my personal journey. I have a history of uh, abuse, sexual and mental, mm. mental illness, major depression, schizophrenia, mm. low self esteem, low self confidence, hatred, and unforgiveness. My Lord. And so he's living to a place of well being. I say well being because wellness is a journey. You never get to developing. Yeah. So a place of well being, I would say. So with that being said, I wrote my, I wrote my life story out. And I have journaling prompts and my readers to, to dig into their purse and say, you know, what's going on with them really? They only they could answer. Mm. Then I have scripture, I have prayer, and a splash of poetry throughout the book. Mm. I love that because I'm a, listen, I'm an advocate of journaling. It was so funny because I was in the store today and I was like, ooh, I want another journal. And the Holy Spirit was like, you don't need not one more. <laughs> Like, yeah. can you finish the four or five other journals you didn't write that still got stuff that you need to write in? Like, <laughs> I just love journals, but I love that you have the journal prompts so people can do the work, you know, because especially as women, we carry some stuff in our person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it'd be heavy. But yeah, we're going to still try to make it seem like we all cute and fancy and, and you know, proper. Dressed up, dressed up, made up, and jacked up on the inside. Come on. That's- Come yeah. on, that's a mic drop. Dressed up, made up, and jacked up on the yeah. <laughs> But here's the thing. The beautiful thing in that is that we serve a God that can use that. Even even, even in your I tell people all the time, God can use you with your messed up, jacked up self. He sure can. Yeah. Matter of fact, he yeah. wants to use you then because then you will you'll surrender and you'll be humble when he does use you. See, he can't use you. I posted something on my social media today about how God reminded me that he does his best work in chaos and mess. Definitely so. Because you asked me because you gotta come to him for sure now, you know. Right. And he had to remind me that like when my life is he's like, Yeah, when your life is falling apart, I do my best work. So mm-hmm. I need you to know, be reminded that, yeah, it's the mess that gets you to surrender to me. It's the mess that gets you to call out to me. So I, I love, love that. So looking back, 
now that you've done the you've been the poet you've done the authorship is there anything you would do differently is there anything i would do differently hmm let's think i think i would have chose a different publisher the first two times okay yeah 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 i tell you those experiences because i know when i wrote my first book um and i had an amazing publisher but didn't know that self-publishing was a thing right like Mm -hmm. i was like self-publishing that's the thing you know it's those experiences where you learn like hmm there are some people that are out to get you because you're a new person i tell people i have stories for days of the scams and the tricks (laughs) Don't talk about it. <laughs> Especially when you were first time author. Because mm-hmm. it's it's almost like people look, see it and they're like, oh, fresh meat. Let me go <laughs> And because you don't know, right? Like, you're like, okay, I'll go pay two, three hundred or plus dollars and don't get what I'm I'm needing. So I, I get it. I wholeheartedly get it. I love it. So what advice do you give somebody who's going to listen and say, I want to write a book or I want to do a poetry book, but I have no clue what to do? What do you tell them? Well, finally, your general audience is first who you're writing to. Yeah. And you're writing fiction, write from your heart. Have a good editor. Yeah. Um. Yeah, find find who you're writing to. You need you need you need a platform. You need to you need an online presence. You need, you need to be online with a presence before you write a book. Yeah. And showing different parts of your life, not just in writing, but in different get people get to know you, get familiar with you, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think that people, because I told somebody just yesterday, social media is your friend. I think people run from social media. Um, but people need to see your lifestyle. People need to see you. They need to know that you exist. And I tell people, you know, when people know you and they like you and they trust you, I don't care what you're selling. They're going to buy it. You could be selling rocks, but they're going to go get them rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because they see you show up and they know you and they're like, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I know. You know, and they like you because, you know, trans, whether people believe it or not, transparency sells. And I say that because when people, people connect with people and when you're Mm -hmm. relatable and and you have a story that's relatable, they're more likely to be like, yeah, let me go support this person. Versus if you're, you don't have anything that's relatable. So I love that you say, like, show up, be present, let people know you exist. Don't wait to the, I tell people all the time, don't wait to the books to drop, to tell people that you got a book coming. You should be telling them as you writing. Right. So I mm-hmm. love, love, love that. So what do you got coming up next? What, are you working on anything? Yes. I just finished the author's Ace of my town and okay. Really nice. They had a good turnout. Nice. And I'm a certified life coach. I have a LLC called Igniting Her Worth. Nice. It's for women who've been abused and broken to get their self esteem and self confidence gained back. I love that. Thank you. That's so. Do you do workshops and and all of that with your with your LLC? I'm studying. I'm, I'm a life coach now. Mm-hmm. I'm studying my niche right now, which is self-esteem and self-confidence. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not in practice as of yet. Okay. I'm certified, but I'm not in practice yet. I'm hoping to do it in the next before the winter's out. I'm hoping. Nice. I like that. I think that especially women who have come out of abusive situations, that is the one thing 
that we they struggle with we struggle with because i was in an abusive situation to get back that confidence you know and once you get that confidence back there's no stopping you but it, it's a process to to get there when somebody has broken you down right so I love that that's what you're doing with your story and your truth. You're like, yeah, let me show you how I got back to being me. And it's, it's increased generational wealth, not just the, the money part, but when you have self-esteem and self-confidence in the first place, you become allergic to certain types of behavior. Yeah. You, your friends, your poor friends drop off. Mm-hmm. The negative guys drop off. You say, what? I don't want to bother with you, you know. But the generational wealth, you can teach your daughter. And she can yeah. teach her daughter yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And we need that, especially mm-hmm. in our black and brown communities, because we yes. don't have we don't have good examples of what healthy dynamics and healthy relationships look like. You know, I just had that conversation with somebody. I was like, you know, boundary setting alone is the healthiest form of self-care because you're putting the parameters in place to say, hey, this is what I'm willing to deal with and this is what I'm not willing to deal with. Right. The master word, no. Right. That's powerful, no. Come on. Listen, I tell people all the time, no is a complete sentence. It does not require an explanation. Just, no. <laughs> I, and yeah. I had to grow to that place because I was like the women that you're going after, like low self-esteem. I said I was a yes woman. I said yes to everything and everybody, even if it meant my detriment. And now that I've grown to that place, yeah, I'm quick. No. Take it. I don't care how you feel about it. Like, you'll be okay. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what it is. No. Right. So I love that. So how do the people connect with you, Wendy? Like, how, do you have a website? Where did, where can they find you and connect with you? Okay, I'm on Facebook, author Wendy Savage. And that's Wendy with an E, W-E-N-D-Y-E, mm-hmm. Savage, S-A-V-A-G-E. And connect with my email, uh, Wendy underscore Savage at Yahoo.com. Nice. Well, I'll definitely be putting that in the show notes so people that can get with you, especially as you get ready to launch this program. I'm excited about what you're going to do to help other women regain their self-esteem. So thank you you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Listen, didn't I tell you this expert was amazing? Y'all, make sure y'all are connecting with this amazing woman, Ms. Wendy Savage. Thank you once again for coming through the Hate Queen Thrive and sharing all that you have shared about women's wellness. Listen, ladies, unpack those purses, man. Go through whatever you got to do to declutter your life, right, so that we are all uh, better um, individuals, right? Better moms, better sisters, better friends, because we have gone through our purse and then grab her book. (laughs) What's in your purse? Definitely make sure you grab a copy of her book. Make sure you are connecting with her. Like this is what we do here at Hey Queen Thrive. And so, you know, it can never be a Hey Queen Thrive episode without what? (laughs) Thriver Nuggets. Listen, I'm excited about this one because we're going to talk about emotional baggage. Look, we all got it. We all got some, we all got emotional baggage. And a lot of times our emotional baggage is what's stopping us. It's what's keeping us stuck. It's what's keeping our relationships and our friendships in a toxic place. Right. I used, my grandma always says to me, 
if people keep saying the same thing about you, the common denominator is you, right? And so sometimes when we think that it's everybody else that's toxic, it's everybody else that got the issue. Nah, sis, nah, bruh, it's you, right? And so sometimes you got to take a step back and evaluate your emotional baggage so that you begin to heal whatever caused the emotional baggage in the first place so you show up as a better version of yourself. And so we just going to dive right in. So for definition, emotional or psychological baggage is a collective term for an unresolved emotional turmoil, which is could be caused by childhood trauma, abuse, or any negative experience from the pa- from the past, okay? <clears throat> so having emotional baggage from past relationships is also extremely normal. Our emotional baggage teaches us many things from helping us manage manage expectations, discovering what we want in life and in relationships, and teaching us how to cope with pain. But the problem most people have is that they have emotional baggage. Everyone ha- everyone has them. The problem is that they're they're letting their emotional baggage rule their lives. Okay? So the problem isn't that you have emotional baggage. The problem is your emotional baggage is dictating how you rule your how you live your life, how you walk in these streets, how you show up, right? And so we're just going to dive into like eight common emotional baggages and then how do we get rid of them? Are y'all ready? Cuz I'm ready. Okay. Number 1, guilt. Ooh we <laughs> this listen, I'm gonna go ahead and give the disclaimer now. If you can't say amen, say ouch, okay? So guilt is number one. Everyone experiences guilt, okay? Everyone. To err is to error is human, and humans tend to err a lot. So feeling guilty when you wrong someone, broken a rule, or acted inappropriately is natural. Carrying that guilt around for weeks, months, or years isn't. We hang on to our guilt because we want to punish ourselves, but that's never a strategy for making it right. So how do we ditch the guilt? (laughs) Stop the the retroactive self-judgment. Stop playing the what if or should have game, right? Practice positive affirmation by stating out loud good things you've done, personality traits you're proud of, and blessings you're grateful for. Forgive yourself. And if possible, seek forgiveness from those who, who you have wronged. Got to let go of the guilt, ladies. Got to let go of the guilt. The guilt is weighing you down, honey. It is weighing you down. Got to let it go. All right. Number two, regret. It is so easy to get stuck in the rut of regret, imagining what life would be like if you did everything right. The fact of the matter is we can't predict the future and we shouldn't punish ourselves for the past. So a recent study in Germany found that that participants who were able to let go of regret were more cheerful and reported higher levels of happiness later in life. So how do we ditch regret? Stop treating yourself like a victim. Come on in here. Come on in here. That's a mic drop moment. That's a mic drop moment. Stop treating yourself like the victim. We all make choices. Some are good and some are bad. That's just life. Remind yourself of decisions you are proud of, like having kids or donating to charity or saying no, right? 
look for the lesson. Come on. And if you learn something from a mistake, there's no reason to regret it. Come on. Come on. You got to let go of the regret. Because listen, here's the thing about life. Life, I always say life and love is the risk you take, right? You're, it's risky. This game called life is a risky one, man. And again, as you journey through life, are you going to do things? Are you going to say things? Are you going, yeah, all of that, right? We all do it. The goal is to not get stuck in what we've done. The goal is to learn the lesson, right? The goal is to not be, not constantly be, constantly feel like the victim, right? Because then we stay in this place of victimization. And when we stay in the place of victimization, then it becomes a woe is me kind of thing, right? So the goal is to not do any of that. It's to learn the lesson, right? Forgive, right? And then move forward. I'm just saying. All right. Number three, shame. If you've ever been taken advantage of or forced to live a lie, you may feel intense shame. There are many circumstances where we have our truth and we have kept it locked in and uh, and created shame around our truths, okay? If we feel unable to speak the truth, then we feel shame. So how do you ditch shame? The way to break this cycle of negative emotion is to stop internalizing it. If you can, tell someone you trust about the shame, the events that sparked it, If you're not ready to speak the words aloud, write them in a journal. Also realize that you have the right to experience the other emotions like anger or sadness that come along with shame. Allow yourself to acknowledge what happened and your own innocence is the first step. Let me tell you something. Shame is real. (laughs) And I'm going to share a personal experience with shame. Shame is so real. I remember eight years ago, after getting sexually assaulted, right, um, I went through a phase where I was hypersexual, right? I mean, if I could could sleep with everybody in the world at that time, I probably would have. Like, real talk, this is being all the way transparent, right? I was in a hypersexual place, and I was constantly just having sex, random different men, all of that, right? And I remember having a conversation with my therapist at the time, and I was just asking her, like, why? Why am I doing this, right? Why why am I, like, finding myself in this place where I am now just gravitating towards sex when I just was raped? And I remember my therapist said to me, because it's very common. She was like, many rape survivors, you know, they either shy away from it or they run to it, right? But me running to it, left me in a place of shame because I knew better, right? I knew not to just be sleeping with any Tom, Dick, and Harry, right? But I also was on this journey at the time to regain control because I didn't have control over being violated, right? And so I felt like, or the story that I told myself was that if I had sex with these men on my terms, right, then I was in control. But really, After doing the act, I felt horrible. I was in a place of shame. And so how I got out of that space is that I had to really acknowledge what happened. And what happened was I no longer felt like I was in control of my life because someone had taken a part of me when they violated me sexually. That was what happened. 
And I had to acknowledge that. And I had to acknowledge my innocence in that whole situation, that it really wasn't my fault, right? And that's what helped me get out of that place of shame. All right, let's keep going. Number four, your inner critic. So we tend to judge ourselves quite harshly. We take a far more critical view of our bodies, careers, and decisions than the rest of the world does. Although we imagine it's just the opposite. That little voice inside can be our friend. But when that voice is too loud and too critical, it's a foe. Excessive self-criticism tends to backfire because it leads us to focus on our so-called failures instead of the small ways that we could have improved. So how do we ditch our inner critic? Realize that no one cares about you and that's a good thing. (laughs) Visualize a drawer in your head, label it expectations or critics. And whenever you start judging yourself for how things should be or should have been, mentally place those thoughts in this box. They're no good to you anyway. Silence the voice by reminding yourself of small achievements and stating your goals out loud. I love that. Listen, that inner critic piece, man, is real. It's so real. Seriously, it's real. And and I challenge each and every one of my listeners to definitely start paying attention to your inner critic and really start to combat that thing. Remind yourself of how amazing you are. Remind yourself of your accomplishments. Remind yourself of all the positive things you got going on because that's how you begin to silence that inner voice. All right, number five, anger. So when someone wrongs us or we observe injustice, anger is the natural reaction. So hanging on to this anger is unnatural. Over time, it can cause depression, eating disorders, heart disease, and prevent recovery from addiction. So understanding the cause and channeling the anger into something positive are the best ways to avoid this fate. So how do we ditch anger? First, allow yourself to feel it fully without shame. Allow yourself to rant or cry or journal about it, but only for a set amount of time. When the time is up, remind yourself that the only person affected by your anger is you. Simply having the anger doesn't hurt the person who caused it anyway. If you can do so calmly, explain your anger to the person who sparked it. If they ask for forgiveness, give it. If they don't, realize it's now their problem and not yours. It can also be helpful to take responsibility for your role in the situation. Instead of blaming others, ask yourself, what could I I have done better? You might be surprised how empowered you feel. Listen, I used to have anger issues, y'all. Like real talk, I used to have some real, real serious anger issues, and and if I be all the way transparent, I still do. But they're at, but they're not as bad and not as intense as they used to be, right? I thank God for that, right? Because and I thank my therapist for that. But I have learned how to express my anger in a more healthy form, right? But I've also learned how to allow me to feel it, right, and then let it go. So for me. Anger used to come out very, my anger used to come out very explosive, right? I would either be ready to fight or throw something or whatever. Now my anger comes out in emotions. Like I'm crying (laughs) when I'm extremely angry. I'm just going to cry. I'm just going to cry about it. And so me crying about it helped me to release it. (laughs) 
help me to get it out. And so that that's how my anger has always, has begun to help empower me because I'm like, now I'm acknowledging it. I'm, I'm allowing myself to feel it and then I'm letting it go. I love it. All right. We, we making our way through these eight. Number six, past relationships. So romantic or not, we've all been involved in a toxic relationship. The time we spent with these people impacts us deeply. Maybe it was abusive. Maybe it was an unrequited love. Maybe we were abandoned or cheated on. Allowing these past relationships to affect our current lives is a recipe for disaster. So how do we ditch past relationships? Well, you could write a letter to the person, say all the things you wish you you did say when they were around, send it if you feel like it, put it in a drawer if you don't, try to find the lesson in the experience. If you learned something, it was not it was not pointless, right? So although you might like to avoid the inner work necessary to achieve a healthier relationship, you have to appreciate that with insight, you grow to make fewer mistakes. So let me just say this about past relationships. I have recently just had to let go of some toxic friendships. And when I tell you it was difficult, it really was difficult. But I will tell you what I learned from it. And what I learned from it was that I tend to overlook um, people. I tend to overlook the pattern. So it's the late, great Dr. Maya Angelou always said, if when people show you who they are the first time, believe them. And so how I began to deal with my um, past relationships or letting go of my past relationships is I began to ask God, how did I end up here? How did I end up in this particular situation, circumstance, cycle? And God began to show me it is because you keep look overlooking what people are presenting to you. So I am typically by nature, the type of person that wants to see the good in everybody. But what do we know about good? Where there's good, there's also evil, right? And so I was overlooking what these individuals were showing me about who they are and how they show up in the world and how they present. And I didn't want to believe it until I got hurt. And so (laughs) learn the lesson, right? Learn the lesson. I love the idea of sending a, of a letter, right? I call there's a technique in mental health called the unsent letter. Sometimes you just need to write it out and get it out, right? And then release it. So, but ditch those past relationships, ladies. Ditch them. All right. Number seven, stress and worry. Woo-wee. That's another emotional baggage, y'all. So between work, family, and friends, there's no shortage of stress in our lives. We are conditioned ourselves to believe that stress equals productivity, but carrying around too much of it is really a shortcut to total burnout. Ooh-wee, if you can't say amen, say ouch. So how do we ditch the stress? Remind yourself that stress achieves nothing. It doesn't get you closer to your goal or prevent bad things from happening. Use deep breathing techniques to soothe yourself and and seep into the present moment. Imagine your life 10 years from now, then look, look 20 years into the future, and then even 30 years into the future. Realize that many of the things that you are worrying about present day do not even matter when it comes to the grand scheme of things, right? So reevaluate those things that's stressing you out, man. Cause listen, if it, my grandma would say, if it, if it's not going to matter five minutes from now, uh, five years from now, then what are you worried about? 
Hello, somebody needs to hear that, right? Because somebody is going to listen to this and they're going to be worrying about something. And if it's really not going to matter five minutes from now or five years from now, why are you stressing about it? Just let it go. Just let it go. And then the last emotional baggage that we got to get rid of, ladies and gentlemen, is fear. (laughs) We're not just talking about a fear of spiders or tornadoes. We're talking about that paralyzing fear that grips us when contemplating the unknown potential failure or people in situations that intimidate us. When allowed to fester, this fear will trap inside of your own head and prevent you from enjoying life and loved ones. Listen, if you have ever worked with me, if you ever heard me speak, you know I always say do it even with the fear. So how do you ditch fear? It is a counterintuitive and uncomfortable, but the best way to achieve freedom from fear is to face the thing that makes you feel it. So exposure is hands down the most successful way to deal with phobias, anxiety disorders, and everyday fears of any sort. Don't be afraid to start small, slowly ratcheting up exposure until you're doing what you previously thought was impossible. And let me just give you a quick story about fear as we conclude this episode. So I had a conversation with one of my guy friends and he was saying to me, that every time he hears me on a podcast interview or something, I just seem like a natural at speaking. And I laugh because I told him I am terrified right before I have to get on an interview, right? Right before I have to publicly speak. And he was like, really? I can't tell. And I said, yeah, because I have to, I have to allow myself to go through the process and face it even with the fear, right? So I'm terrified of public speaking, contrary to what people will believe. But in order for me to get through it, I have to one, pray and rely on God to help me through it, but also two, just do it, even with the fear. And usually by the time I get into my element of teaching and facilitating, which is what I love to do anyway, I'm good. <laughs> so do it even with the fear, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, this concludes another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. I love each and every one of you. Please stay safe. Tune in again next week for another Power Pack episode. I love you. Peace and blessings.